On today's show, hear us say, but even more interesting is that the Parthians were horsemen that could swivel in the saddle and shoot backwards at full gallop. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, guys. Welcome to our first podcast on archery. I say that because we do have a YouTube video on archery, and we want you to check it out. Hey, Landon, first say hi, and then tell them how, please. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. You can view our YouTube live event. It was super fun. By going to YouTube and on the search bar, typing in Wildcat Dojo. Wildcat Dojo is all one word, and our archery fun live event will be there. And I just want to say that you have to wait about 10 or 15 seconds for the video to start. It's weird. We're not sure why, but this is why we were experimenting with it. And I think I better move on and say hi to Sensei Jackie before she gets a hurt feeling. Hi, everybody. So you add on, Sensei Jackie, why did we do the archery timeline as a live YouTube event? What an experience. (laughs) That's an understatement. (laughs) Well, we needed to practice going live. Because on December 6th at 3 p.m., we will be live on YouTube again doing our Black Belt Promotions 2020. So tune in for that. We're doing it 2020 style. A.K.A. COVID style. Exactly. Us. Okay, here we go. If you're a regular listener, then you know that we promised Sensei Jay would be back for this episode, and he is. So say hi, Sensei. Hello, and as usual, I'm very honored to uh, be invited. Oh, and we're so glad to have you. Thank you. So we're going to start out with the precursor to the bow and arrow. Sensei Jay brought this to my attention. It's a weapon called an atlatl. It's also known as an atlatl, according to thoughtco.com, and it is spelled A-T-L- ATL. Sensei Jay, do me a favor. Take it away and give them some background on that. Us. Well, this weapon is approximately 17,000 years old, and it is simply a piece of wood, about 12 to 14 inches or maybe a little bit longer, that on one end you hook your spear or longer arrow in, and you can throw it further because it adds thrust and velocity to your throw. The best way to explain this spear thrower is you all have seen the plastic instrument that you use for dogs and you put the tennis ball in and it's extension of your hand. And when you throw it, you can throw the ball a lot farther and faster than you could just with your normal arm. If you'd like to see one of these being used, you can type in ATL, ATL, And you can find the show Dual Survival, where one of the members in the show, Matt, is using one of these. Sensei Michelle and I are going to make one of these, Mm -hmm. and the four of us are going to try it out, and uh, we will let you know how how that works out. That's pretty cool, isn't it, guys? I just like saying it. I don't don't. (laughs) know. And I can't wait to throw it. You know, I had never even seen anything like it. In the YouTube video I found that wasn't a dual survival guy. It was a guy teaching you how to be a survivor. And he did some really nice explanations. And he also did some really close-up video on the instrument where you could see really well how it connected, how it worked, how you hold it. It was neat. They're actually online. You can buy them. Oh, yeah. You can buy them. buy all this stuff. All right. Getting back to the archery that the atlatl, see how I changed the way I said it that time, led to, 
I used way too many sites for this research to name them all. I mean, seriously, it was like 12 sites. Yes. So as we go along, we may or may not mention one or two of them. You're just going to have to wait and see on that, guys. Anyway, since we've already given you a detailed timeline on YouTube, we're not going to start with that. But we will start with our usual array of miscellaneous information. Right, Landon, you're first? Listen, say I got this. I don't think it's necessary to tell our listeners what a bow and arrow looks like. But (laughs) if you're interested, you can check it out on our YouTube Live because we did show them. That's right. That's right. We held up my bow. Thanks, Landon. Although, if you have never seen one in real life and you don't want to look at us on YouTube, I do think that we're really worth the look. (laughs) They they range from a kid's toy of plastic to something gorgeous from a company like Fred Bear or Hoyt. So back in the day, Sensei Jay, I'm trying to remember when we did this, Fred Bear had a factory and a museum in Gainesville, remember? Correct. And we went amazing. This guy was a famous archer and hunter and and really brought archery, it seems like, to a different level in America. And he had all different types of weapons. And I remember he had the Japanese and the Japanese arrows. And what was interesting is you saw similar arrows. And instead of a broadhead at the end, it had an egg-shaped device, which had grooves in it. And it would make a shrieking, terrifying sound going through the air towards the enemy. I so, remember that. Wow. Let's explain that a broadhead is a, oh gosh, it's a three-dimensional arrow. Instead of having a flat side and two pointy sides, it has four or possibly even six or even eight pointy sides coming out. Like it looks like a star. So oh. when it goes in you, you know, it's you all over. But the it. Yeah. So now that we've hurt ourselves with arrows, ouch. Sensei Jay, you're going to keep pushing us on here. But we're going to go back on track with our miscellaneous facts on archery. Okay. I'd like to add something I found that sets up the importance of this art to archers. Even though the dictionary describes it as a sport, archers disagree. They use bows for everything from targets to putting food on the table. And they think of archery as something as simple as a hobby to something they are so dedicated to. It is a way of life. And I think all of us agree with that because we all understand things we're very dedicated to. Us. Yes, we do. We're all shaking our heads at the same time. And to be honest with you, we all like to shoot a little bit more than just hobby level, right? Yes, I think so. Just a little bit more. I will say we don't do it enough because time is our friend, but go back to our time podcast for that conundrum. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Where are we, guys? Can I start by pushing us on with a little history, Sensei? Ooh, good idea. Okay. People have found evidence of archery on every continent except Australia. It's probably not what you're expecting. Australia, which is a little weird, but it does suggest a podcast on Australian weapons. Right, Sensei? Definitely. Australia the boomerang. Ah. Ah. And now getting back to bow history. Historians say it probably dates back to the Stone Age. Wow. I have a neat fact from Greco-Roman times. First off. They used the bows and arrows more for hunting than for warfare. That is a cool fact. I think so. But even more interesting is that the Parthians, who lived in what is now modern-day Iran, were horsemen that could swivel in the saddle and shoot backwards at full gallop. Okay, A, I love that fact. And B, I'm jumping. It's kind of a horse joke. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) 
why are we laughing that hard? It was a silly joke. It's a steeplechase joke. It is. Because I'm jumping over to England. And the first known organized competition, it was held in Finsbury, England in 1583. And here's the coolest part. It had 3,000 participants. Wow. Wow. Okay. Before we move on to the types of bows, can we please stop for one second and give a shout out to our sponsor? which is, of course, Honor Honor Athletics. Athletics. (laughs) Honor Athletics, of course. You can reach them at honorathletics.com for all your karate needs or at 770-945-5150. And don't forget, say Wildcat Dojo at the end of your order and you get a 10% discount. And we recommend you call Cynthia because she's awesome or her son. They're both really nice people. Okay, now on to the types of bows. Okay, I'll start. Historically, there are three kinds of bows, long bows, recurves, and Asiatic. The recurve was supposedly invented by the Mongolians. You guys mentioned them in the timeline. Okay, I'm going to try to explain recurves, and and I'm not meaning this as a joke. I just tried really hard to think of how to explain it to someone who wasn't looking at one. Now, I know this sounds weird, but don't you think it looks a little bit like the wood is smiling? A little bit. Or possibly it's in the shape of a sinister mustache. That's what I see with it. (laughs) And that makes much more tension on the bowstring. That's right. And it creates the advantage of a shorter bow that is easy to maneuver. And the curve of the bow forms a stopgap, allowing the string to have greater impact and a higher velocity. I love a recurve. We all shoot them. Yeah, we all love recurves. Us, but let's move on to the European longbows. They are approximately as long as the height of a man. Yikes. I read that they first appeared towards the end of the Middle Ages and that the Welsh, the people from the country of Wales, invented them. But as usual, the controversy begins because other sites say that they've been around since Neolithic times. That's just way before the Middle Ages. And how about this? I read where the Scots invented them. So, ah, come on, another controversy. (laughs) Well, no matter who came up with the first one, early finds have been uncovered in Scandinavia. They also found some in Somerset County in England in 1961. Those remnants were made of yew, which is an ancient evergreen, and the bows were partially wrapped with leather. Hmm. When he said you, I said, they weren't made of me. <laughs> Good one, Landon. If you wanted to look it up, you was spelled Y-E-W. And I did have to look that tree up. I had never heard of it. Don't type I, your name into Google. Type in Y-E-W. <laughs> oh, I, you guys. <laughs> okay. And on that note, let's move to the Asiatic bows. Perfect. You're up. Asia. Uh, you're up. <laughs> no, Asia. Asia. No wonder you guys take so long to a new podcast. Okay, we're back. Asiatic bows look a little like recurve bows strung backwards. Check out the Twitter page and we'll try to put up a picture for you. These bows are nearly all composite, meaning they're made of a combination of materials selected to make the bow more efficient. The use of different materials dates several thousand years, with the first Asiatic bow evidence being dated to the year 2030 BCE. 
True, but those first Asiatic bows were a little short and kind of primitive as time passed on, and they became more sophisticated. The materials they used grew to include things like buffalo horns and antler combined with wood and bamboo. This was all held together with salmon skin or rabbit skin, glued and wrapped in bird bark or snake skin. And if that wasn't enough, then they were lacquered to keep moisture out. Wow, Landon, I liked that one. I'm going to finish this one off by adding that recently, these bows have come to be called horse bows because the Mongols and the Huns used them in large numbers both on foot and in chariots. Horseback archery dates back to the 13th century. Amazing. Yes. And I can finish this with saying another offshoot is called the crossbow. It is ancient, and I cannot believe it didn't make it into the list of historic bows. I was surprised that it didn't make the list also. I looked, and although they've been around since the 4th century CE, they played a big part in the battles in the 1300s in England. Don't they work a little bit like a gun? In other words, they have a trigger release, the arrow is shorter, and you also hold the bow like horizontally. Exactly. Even though it isn't as historic, I don't think we should move to the types of shooting until we touch on compound bows. I agree with you. I think you guys mentioned that the compound bow was invented by Hollis Wilbur Allen Jr. in 1966 in Missouri. It relies on a levering system to bend the limbs. According to historyofarchery.com, He basically cut down a recurve and added pulleys and cables. What a compound bow does is it allows a hunter to pull more weight than he normally would with a recurve or longbow because of the pulley system. And you can hold the weight fully drawn without losing aim or hurting yourself. One more thing. Although people target shoot with these to get proficient, they're really made for hunting. Thanks, Sensei Jay, for all that information. If you want to figure out what kind of bow you should get and how you should start your archery adventure, there's a site called Archery 101. Isn't that cute? Aww. I went to it and looked, and the guy is really cool, and that can get you started. But, you know, I really recommend that you go to a either a shop or possibly a range, and you can get some input from people who know how. There are archery clubs all over the United States, and I'm sure all over the world, that allow beginners to come in, get some lessons, figure things out, and go from there. And my experience with archers is that in general, they're glad to talk to you. They like to spread their sport. Agreed. And Sensei, while we're talking about questions we're not going to answer, I tried to find some information on just the history of arrows. I did read where the first tips shaped like arrows were found in Africa, but that may have been spearheads, not arrows from bows. And guys, we talk a little bit about arrows in the timeline on YouTube. Just reminding you for the, I don't know, YouTube time. (laughs) All right, guys. We have really covered a lot of stuff so far, right? Yes. I'm going to pick this up by saying that target shooting is by far and away the most popular. And the most common target is the circular type. Everybody's seen them with a bullseye, right? Yes. And I'm going to add that if you're keeping score, a bullseye is worth 10 points. Then you take away one point with each circle moving outward from the center. I read that. And ranges, not counting the ones you build for yourself, which have we all built some sort of range on our own for archery? I have. I have. Oh, yes. (laughs) From the time we were little kids, right, Sensei Jay? 
Yes, and I used to make um, my own bow out of um, pine branches and arrows. <laughs> and, and a lot of my students have their own little archery set up in the back of their homes. Anyway, ranges come in both indoor and outdoor. And there are lots of different distances to shoot from and different targets to shoot out. That list was so long. That list was as long as the timeline list. Keep me going here, Landon. One quick thing. An Olympic target is at least 230 feet away using a target four feet in diameter. And only recurve bows are used in Olympic archery. Also, the same rules apply for men and women. And with that, I'm moving on to the fact that I found 14 different types of target shooting competitions. Wow. So we're going to pick a few of our favorites and we're going to go from there. May I go first? Please do. Flight archery. So cool because there's no target. It's about who can shoot the arrow the farthest. And this type of archery prompted specialized bows and special arrows, as you can imagine, because people want to go the farthest. Although there are competitions for regular bows as well. The record distance from this article was 1,336 and a half yards far. Wow. Yeah. In 1987 by Don Brown in Smith Creek, USA. But there's an ancient Turkish flight bow that has a record of 900 yards. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that record is from a while back. Yes. Wow. That's so interesting. I picked running archery. Running archery is also known as an arcathlon. And isn't that based on the biathlon that they do in the Winter Olympics? Us and say it is, and it's for warm climates. Well, courses are 5 to 12 kilometers long with three shooting stations. Sometimes bows are stored at each station instead of carrying them. I think that this would be really fun because I love running and I love archery. That does sound fun. Nice. Yes. I'll take one called traditional. Trad for short. That's really what is said. I did not make that up. (laughs) In traditional competitions, they don't allow any modern gadgets. No sights, stabilizers, and no compound bows. You can only use long bows, recurves, or flat bows, which is a kind of long bow. The only difference is the shape of the bow is flat, and it has equal width, the length of the bow, just like in the old days. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to take bow fishing. All right. This is a nod to you, Jay, because I know you love fishing. I thought this one was interesting because it's an arrow with a fishing line attached. Compound bows are the most popular for this because they're comfortable to use. They have sights and they have stabilizers and they're quiet. I bet you need special permits for this, though. I'd like to see this one in real life. It would be an interesting thing to see. But this is awesome. Horseback archery. There are mounted archery competitions, and they are very specialized. The farthest targets are 50 yards away, and they use recurves or a special horse bow. I have shot an arrow off of horseback before, and it is wicked difficult. I can imagine. Not even off of a galloping horse. On this one, when I did this little piece of research here, I was looking at some of the horseback archery competitions. Whoo, they looked fun. And there was a, an element of courage in going down that road. I would imagine so. I'm going to finish with a goofy one called archery tag. Hmm. I know. They use foam heads and they wear protective gear. And it's really popular at bachelor and bachelorette parties, which is weird. Yes. And it's also popular in team building. There had to be alcohol involved in the first <laughs> one. 
All right, we're moving on to the history of archery in North America. Okay, can I start this one? Please do. According to Texas Beyond History, the bow and the arrow replaced the atlatl and dart as the principal weapon system for hunting and warfare around 700 CE. The origin is unknown. The earliest people in North America didn't use bows and arrows, but around 3000 BCE, people in North America started to use them for hunting. They might have gotten the technology from the Inuits, native people of Alaska. Continuing on from there, by about 500 CE, East Asian traders brought the recurve to the Inuit in North America. They, in turn, brought the recurve to the Native American people at that time. They used sinew for their string, and I read that some bow makers still use that. That's neat. I've got one. Once horses came on the scene, bows became shorter and more compact. And as we've heard before, by the late 1800s, gunpowder was king. And here's one that is from more modern times. Bows and bow hunting became popular in America in the late 60s, when a few enthusiasts lobbied for bow game hunting seasons, which are known as primitive weapon seasons. Thus, the creation of high-tech compound bows with sights, which made them almost on the level with modern rifles at close range. Hmm. That's a cool fact. So I'm going to finish up with some movies and one Greek myth that all center around archery. Yes. I'm going to start with the Greek myth. I thought this was awesome when I read it. It's from Odysseus in book 21 of the Odyssey. I guess to start out, you need to know that he was the archer of the times. Yes. And his wife, Penelope, thought Odysseus wasn't coming home because he'd been gone for 20 years. So she decided to pick a new husband based on who could shoot Odysseus's bow. Say Odysseus's a few times fast. Odysseus's, Odysseus's, Odysseus's. <laughs> Odysseus disguised himself as a shepherd and entered the contest. He was the only one who could draw the bow and shoot an arrow through 12 rings, thus proving to his wife who he was and shooing off all the riffraff. Such a good story, Odysseus. 20 years, good Lord. Okay, take it away on the movies for me, Sensei Jay. I'll start with Sylvester Stallone as John Rambo in Rambo, where he uses a compound bow. It's worth watching just for that. I think Rambo holds up after all these years. I think so, too. I think, yeah, I think they only made like Rambo 1, 2 through 20, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And what are you going to take, Landon? I'm going to take Game of Thrones. They called it a war bow, but it looked like a long bow. Definitely. Of course, I have to bring up the Hunger Games because the heroine, Katniss Everdeen, uses a recurve. And she is, without a doubt, the primary woman in that series. And I don't think you can mention archery without mentioning Robin Hood, right? I believe Errol Flynn was one of the first people to play Robin Hood. And they hired an archer to stand in and shoot the apple off of Little John's head. Wow. You with me so far? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this story comes from Master Collegian. So I didn't do any research on this at all. So they said to the guy, and this was maybe the 30s, no matter how many times you have to try to get the apple off that guy's head, we're going to pay you this flat fee, which was like around $500, which was a really big amount of money at the time. Mm-hmm. First shot. Well, what'd they pay the guy with the apple on his head? <laughs> <laughs> the guy got it in the first shot. Incredible. Isn't that a great story? Us, definitely. All right. I have a little bit of a fun, quick story. So I go to sleepaway camp during the summer. We have hobbies or activities throughout the day at camp. And one of my hobbies was archery. 
during one of the weeks. And our leader, he is on the archery team at his college. So I have a GoPro and I put the GoPro on the target and he shot at the target and you see the arrow coming towards the camera. And it is a very cool thing to see that arrow flying towards the target. So do you still have it? The video? I do still have it. Can we put it up somewhere? Us, we may be able to. We'll think about trying. All right. It's time for us to close up. We have had a wonderful time on this episode, haven't we, guys? Yes, we have, Sensei. So, of course, I have to thank our guest, Sensei Jay. Oh, Sensei, my pleasure. All right. Time to say goodnight, Landon. Bye, everybody. You'll see you next time. Bye. So glad you could spend some time with us. And I'm signing off for now. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.